Hey, everybody, this is Nashin from The Morning Groove, and I've got a special guest today. His name is Greg Manning. He plays the piano and all the keyboards, and he's a composer, producer. You do it all, don't you? I'm, I'm trying. Hi, John. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Appreciate right, it. Yeah, no problem. It's great having you here. Thank so you. let's start by talking about your background. Where are you from? Originally, I'm from Switzerland, but uh, I was actually born in Africa, Nigeria. Mm -hmm. But at a very, very early age, we moved back to Switzerland, and that's where I grew up, near, near Zurich, the city of Zurich in Switzerland. Oh, okay. And yeah. are there other musicians in your family? Not really. Not okay. really, you know. And, and funny enough, I started very late being interested in, in music. For, for the longest time, I just, uh, it, it didn't really talk to me. You know, right. uh, my, my, my other classmates, they had their favorite band, favorite singer. And I was like, yeah, music, you know. <laughs> well, what were you, what were you interested in at that time? Uh, I was just kind 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 of nerd, just just reading. <laughs> you know, I was actually kind of interested in in science. Uh -huh. But then one night, and I, I keep telling this story. One night on the radio, a song came on that really changed my life. Uh, Isn't she lovely by Stevie Wonder? Uh -huh. I heard that song. I was just intrigued by everything. You know, of course, his voice. Uh, I didn't listen to the lyrics so much, but but just the music, yeah. and Fender Rhodes piano arrangements, just just the sound of it. Just that. I don't even know the warmth. And and then the harmonica solo came in, and I was <laughs> I, I, I was like, what is this? Yeah, I I, I want to know more about it. So were you playing piano before this or no, not not really no. not not really uh years before my, my parents sent me to uh to a classical piano teacher mm -hmm. and I did that for maybe I don't know 3 months too many rules right <laughs> I, I don't know it just it just didn't talk to me See I got soured on playing the piano properly I'm a percussionist and drummer Oh cool and I got away from playing piano when I was in about the 5th or 6th grade Yep and I was going to a Catholic school. Yep. And I came in for a lesson without practicing, and I got slapped by the nun over the knuckles with a ruler. Oh, I know that feeling. That happened to me. <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't me. This, this is no fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I you hear know, you. And, and my family background is loaded with musicians and percussionists. Oh, beautiful. Especially, so oh, beautiful. I kind of grew up with that. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, for me, I, I never made a conscious choice. I always seem to be involved with music. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I really think, you know, on, on kind of a spiritual level, I think music calls you. I, uh, I always tell people yeah. it's not a choice that you make, it's a choice that music makes to bring you in. I, I think so. And really, you know, the, the love, the appreciation for music that you have, mm -hmm. that, that, that will take you through all the hard times. Well, and if, then, yeah. If that's not does. there, yes. you, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, it's good to have a song that inspires. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. music is such a great language. Oh, it's it's fantastic, you know, and it just never stops. It's like a language, uh, acquiring vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It just never stops, you know. There's uh, other words you can learn. Same same with music, mm -hmm. you know. And actually, funny enough, I, I I don't have I didn't have a very strong classical background growing up. But funny now, later on at my age, I'm actually going back to to, mm -hmm. to classical music. One of my favorite composers right now is is actually Bach. Oh yeah, you know, uh, I'm 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 doing his. Are his... you playing the Bach inventions and things? 
You you know I, I'm I'm starting, but it's a whole different thing. Just just to keep the voices separate, it's very yeah. different from jazz. But it's a great exercise. I've got a friend that's a brilliant concert pianist. Yep. And Michael, his name is Michael Preddy, and yep. I met him when he was on the road conducting for the Smothers Brothers. Yep. And one day we're on the road, and Michael says, "Meet me in the showroom at one o'clock. Yep. I want to practice." I yep. said, "I figure we're going to rehearse." No, what he wanted, he likes to play Bach Inventions oh. with a metronome or a drummer clicking two and four. Oh, wow. That and is he hip. said, I want you to play jazz brushes and I'm going to play Bach. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. when I learned that Bach swings. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you, you can definitely make him swing. Yeah. But I think, you know, <laughs> people are going to laugh now, but I think Bach is actually very funky. First of all, he writes everything in, in 16th. Yeah. And if you phrase it in, in a certain way, it, it, you can get funky with it. Oh, you know? absolutely. But, but, but right now, you know, I'm, I'm doing the two-part inventions. I'm going uh -huh. through the whole book. And it's, uh, it's really interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm at my age now, I'm interested in fugues. Oh, because yeah. I've, I've been listening to a lot of classical music and, and uh, uh, even going back to Haydn. And, and just, you know, the... the I think the foundation of everything in classical music, I think in music in general, is actually counterpoint. Music, counterpoint. music really makes sense yeah. when, when you apply those rules. And people often forget that Haydn and Handel, and they were improvisers. Yeah, very much so. They were church yeah. organists. Very much so. And much of their music was improvised. Absolutely. Which Absolutely. is amazing. Absolutely. And you know, that, that is so true. Uh, right now, you know, Counterpoint is, is, is based on, on the rules, mm -hmm. how Bach composed, but he didn't know that. Right. He did exactly. it by ear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and there was a famous pianist who was very eccentric, named Glenn Gould. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And somebody once asked him, they said, you know, Glenn, with your ability mm -hmm. and your your dexterity at the keyboard and your knowledge of theory, yep. why don't you play jazz? Oh. And he said, what I play... his I, answer? He said, I play Bach. Who swings more than Bach? Ooh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Because he was yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His recording of the Goldberg... Thing, yes. He would edit like 16th notes. He he edited himself constantly. I read that about yeah. him. Yes, yeah. Crazy Especially people. later on in his life, he would just, you know, he would embrace the tape mm -hmm. and just do crazy things. So now when did you start composing? That's a very interesting question. And I think I've always been a composer. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that that's, that's just how, how my brain works. And this is actually how I transitioned into being an artist. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been a sideman for, for many years, right. you know, m most, most, uh, most notably with Jonathan Butler, mm -hmm. played with him for almost a decade. Oh, that's but, great. But, but uh, yeah, I, lo I love that gig. But I always, I always did my own thing. I always had my own compositions mm -hmm. going on. And I, I wrote with Jonathan as well. And at one point I was like, yeah, I really feel like, you know, I need to get my stuff out there. And and then uh, I, uh, I I got very lucky, you know. The radio promoters here in town, the Gorovs, mm -hmm. they actually in 2014 mm -hmm. they hooked me up with with Kalimba, Maurice White's label. Nice. And and he he heard my stuff and was like, yeah, well, I want to sign this guy. Oh, so, that's great. So that's how I started becoming an artist in 2014. Before then, I did mostly you no know, sign man stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a bit a different dynamic 
to touring as an artist than there is to touring as a side It's band. a completely different hat, absolutely. Because now you've got a whole band going, uh, Greg, where do we need to be? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then Greg is going, I hope they show up on time. Yes, yeah. But <laughs> I, I got to say, you know, in general, I've, I've been really blessed with, with great bands. When I'm like in, mm-hmm. in Cali or, or in California, I can use like my own band. Right. But when I'm traveling nationally, then it's, it's what we call a pickup band. Yep. And I've, I've been really blessed with, with, with great bands, great musicians, very and, responsible. And what listeners don't always understand is the caliber of musicians that are out there. Oh. Because, I mean, if you're, t- if you're coming, let's say you're coming to Las Vegas without your band. Yep. You send music. Yep. And you send a recording. Yep, exactly. And they come, then they learn, and then the day of the show, oftentimes, you're going to do a rehearsal and sound check and then a show. I- I- exactly, exactly. I mean, the, the, exactly the level of musicianship out there is, is crazy. Yeah. And especially, you know, nowadays you go on YouTube and, and you see these 15-year-olds just yeah. burning. It's oh, yeah. like, wow, what, what did they put in their water, their, their food? Are you familiar just, with the European trio called uh, uh, Dirty... Dirty uh, Dirty Loops? Dirty Loops. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're from Sweden. They're amazing. I, I, I love them. I think the, uh, yeah, the kid yeah. that does the singing is like channeling Stevie Wonder. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's insane. And he's also a great piano player. Yes, he is. You know, they're, they're great musicians. They're, they're phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know? yep, yep. And and people, it, it becomes easier as we do it more. I mean, I worked for many years in the showrooms. Oh. Playing with whoever came in that week. Oh, here in Vegas. Yeah. And we Very had, cool. And we had like a two-hour rehearsal. Yep. And then a few hours later, after dinner, it was showtime. Yes, yes. And the idea was to play the show as if you had written it. Oh, you know, that's funny. Uh, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. Great drummer called Ricky Lawson. Yes. He always told me, Greg, when you play something, even if it's not yours, play it like you wrote it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's all about, and speak, and I can speak strictly from a sideman point of view, although I've tried being a leader occasionally. Uh, it's all about making the artist comfortable. Yes, yes. You know, putting your needs yep. aside at times yep. and just saying, okay, what does this person need to be comfortable in front of the audience? Exactly, very much so. And, you know, that, that that's that's the role of a sideman and that's the role of a pianist when, when, when you're comping, mm-hmm. when you're playing behind a soloist, behind a singer. It, it's, it's not about how many voicings you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just making... You know, the soloist, the singer, comfortable. See, and there's another subject, accompanying a singer. Because as a keyboardist... Oh, that's a whole different you have to, ball of wax. You have to be able to psych out when to lead them, when to follow them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. time, everything yeah. Is, is really... It, it's an art. It's yeah, it an is. art, you know. One of my favorite musicians, uh, unfortunately also passed away, George Duke. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, he's, he was a great artist. Oh, God, but yes. he was one of the greatest accompanists ever. Yes. Have you seen some stuff he did with, with like in Montreux Jazz mm-hmm. Festival? Yeah. Behind like, you know, the Diane Reefs. And, oh, and, yeah. And, oh, my God. George was, was a brilliant musician. Absolutely. And he did some good things with Frank Zappa, too. Oh, he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? After him, Zappa always needed to have two keyboard players. Yes, I know. You know, George handled everything. Just, just yeah. He probably had two brains. I don't know. He might have. He yeah. might have. George was an interest. He was a great lyric writer. He was a great music writer. Yeah, singer, everything, yeah, arranger, and had a beautiful heart. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. You know, I, I always same with Herbie. I admire 
guys, cats. They can do funk, jazz, mm -hmm. you know, R&B, just, just anything. I was told very early in my music life by a percussion teacher. He said, you need to learn how to play everything. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said, a classical percussionist can only play classical music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of country musicians mm -hmm. can only will only play country music. Right. Same with the rock and roll players. Right. Said, but right. if you learn the vocabulary of jazz, yeah, yeah, you can play anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is interesting, and and I've kind of figured out along the way that the key to me playing music in general, especially jazz, is to not listen to me, but to listen to you. Oh man, I was just going to say this. This is this is so deep. You know, a lot of people assume that m making music is really about playing facilities, uh -huh. about your instrument. But the older I get, it's actually about listening, mm -hmm. and especially in, in in a jazz context. You know, what does the drummer do? What does the bass player do harmonically? You know, I mean, harmonically, the bass controls actually everything. And 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 when you can, when you have the ability to play and listen to right. the environment, then I think great music can happen. And I think part of the problem when we're younger is that we don't trust ourselves enough. Yeah, yeah. you know, you get to yeah. a point as a musician where it could take ten years, could take twenty years, could take your whole life. Yeah, yeah. But sooner or later, you go. You know what? I trust me. Oh, yeah. So now yeah. I can listen to them instead of me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, John. I mean, it, it is a journey, and I think, and, and it's actually a good thing, but as a young musician, you copy. Mm -hmm. you, you copy your idols. You want to sound like, I don't know, Art Tatum, Herbie, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then at one point you listen, you, you, you realize that's actually impossible because you cannot be them. Right. You got to be yourself. Steve Smith, the drummer that was with Journey, who's also yep. a brilliant jazz drummer. Yep. In Steve's clinic, he talks about stealing. Oh. He says, steal from everybody. Oh. And then as you learn the licks, mold them yes, to suit yes. your musical personality. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure which, I think it was Beethoven, not sure. He said, the best composers are thieves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, unfortunately, there's something to that. Oh, yeah, there is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And what people may not realize is a lot of the early jazz, bebop especially, standard chord changes for a tune that had already been written. Oh, yeah. Like I Got Rhythm. Yep. And then the melody would either be improvised or, in the case of, of, of Charlie Parker, written on an envelope. In the cab on the way to the gig. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean that that that, that history is just it's, it's amazing. Oh, it is amazing. amazing. These are these are people that took a form of music that was in its infancy, which is jazz, mm -hmm. and developed mm -hmm. it to such a high level mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of impro improvisation and listening and interaction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I have so much respect for jazz because I don't really look at myself as a jazz player. Mm -hmm. My background is, you know, again, as a kid in Switzerland, I listened to Stevie, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire. And in, in a way, jazz came later. But I, I have so much respect for people that really dedicate their lives to, to that yeah. specific art form. It's, it's amazing. Well, and you, you know that Motown, that sound was created by jazz musicians in Absolute, Detroit. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I went there, you know, down to the basement. I was there. Where they recorded. And, and it's, it's, it's just humbling that little house <laughs> conquered the world. It's like going to church. 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Or if you go to Inglewood, New Jersey, to Rudy Van Gelder's studio, yes. it's like going to church. Yes. Yes. You know, I yeah, remember yeah. standing in the room where Coltrane recorded "A Love Supreme." Oh my God! And it was an experience. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite artists, by the way. Oh yeah. I, I mean. I think he's a prime example that, like, I think at the height of being a musician, it kind of turns into a spiritual thing, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it's, it's more than notes coming out of the oh, sax. Oh, absolutely. And he yeah. was deeply into Eastern religion. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And he had this crazy room on the mezzanine of his house where he did his practicing and writing. And he'd go in there for days at a time. Yeah, yeah. And his yeah. wife would like knock on the door, give him food, and walk away. Wow, wow. You know, and and the story was that he came down from the room, and looked at his wife and said, "Alice, I know what I need to record, so call the band, have them meet me at the studio." What? And that that's where Love Supreme came from. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it was like he said, and by the way, tell Elvin Jones to bring one timpani and a gong. <laughs> <laughs> wow no he i mean he was such a deep cat i saw some diagrams that yeah. he drew oh yeah oh my god i mean it's, it's, oh, yeah. in a way it's pure mathematics sure you know? and you have moved to las vegas yeah about a year ago and what yes. prompted that yes where where'd you come from california cali yes so you're saving yes. money yes i am yes i am <laughs> and and uh i i just needed a change you know, and, and my girlfriend lives here. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Beverly. And and I, I just wanted to come here. And in the beginning, you know, I, I kind of missed the water. I, I used to live close to the water. Mm -hmm. We don't really have this here except for Lake Vegas, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, I start to really love it. The other day we went to the desert uh, um, hikes, you know, yeah. trails. It's beautiful breathtaking really yeah, have you been out to the valley of fire yet yes we have that's beautiful it, out there. It, it, it's 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 gorgeous very very beautiful yeah i love going yeah. out there especially to catch a sunrise or a sunset oh yes yeah red rock that oh, yeah. way you know it, it's and beautiful. i'm sure you've already found out that the desert has some of the most beautiful sunsets that you'll see anywhere oh, oh stunning stunning yeah. stunning you know i was kind of naive i thought yeah the desert is, is dead but there, there's so much life in there mm. Really, maybe beautiful. maybe we'll have another one of those blooms again where it rains a lot. Yep, and the whole desert will bloom. Wow! There was one a few years ago. We had a tremendous amount of rain. Yes, yes. And between here and L.A., yes. all the mountains were yellow and purple and blue and just gorgeous with flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you want to see snow, you're from Switzerland, right? Right. Mount right. Charleston. Mount Charleston, exactly. <laughs> where it's always like twenty degrees cooler in the yeah. summer. Yeah, yeah, I had I had snow in my backyard again this year. I had, I had snow for about 10 minutes. Yeah, I put, exactly. it, I put it on Facebook <laughs> and people were like, what? Snow yeah. in Vegas? But it does happen. So yeah. you're, you're writing a new album or are you touring or what are you doing now? Uh, where, where can I start? I, I've, I've been doing a lot of producing, mm -hmm. a lot of writing for, for other people. Been working on, on uh, Jeff Ryan's new album. Been working with, with uh, Blake Aaron. Oh, nice. You know, great, you know, great guitar player. And uh, touring is starting now. As a matter of fact, my, my first show is actually going to be in Tokyo. I'm, I'm next month, the top of the month, I'm, go, I'm going to play at, uh, in Roppongi at Birdland. Mm -hmm. I'm, cool. I'm really excited about this. And, and this year we're doing some, uh, it's a double bill with, with Jeff Ryan. Uh -huh. we, we're doing Burke's Jazz Festival. Nice. We're doing Seabreeze. 
which is, is you no know, yeah. great exposure for us. I'm looking forward to it. And I heard you're probably going to come back here and play. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. I've been there last year, but I think it's uh, July 15th, uh-huh. Gambit in, in Henderson. Isn't that a great place? I, I love it. I love it. And you know what? They have a great grand piano. I didn't even yes, know that. Yes, they do. Love it. Well, and the other thing that's so great about that is, and, and the listeners should be aware of this, it's hard to find a venue that intimate yes. to hear artists on your level and your caliber because normally it's concert hall or an outdoor or a ship or somewhere like that. And there's an intimacy there that really draws them in. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love those dates, you know, the, the big festivals, you hardly see people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's uh, I, I don't know, especially for the interaction with the band yeah. and the audience, yeah. there's nothing like a small club. Yeah, I remember. Have you ever been to a place in Boston called Scullers? Oh, absolutely. I, I went to Berkeley College of Music. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. played Scullers with a singer named Jack Jones. Okay. And he had never played a room that small. Wow. And we're setting up, and, and literally, I mean, you've been there. There's room yes. for the grand piano, a drum set, a bass, and a singer on a stool, and that's that, where you're done. Correct. And the audience, you can almost touch them. Yeah. And we we played the first couple of tunes— and he quickly turned around to me and said, I like it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, it's like playing in your living room. Yeah, it is. It's exactly. Very intimate. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I understand they have a new club, too. They moved. Oh, okay. They're in the same hotel, but they're they're in a bigger facility. Oh, than interesting. They were. Okay. But I love I love playing the small rooms. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's there's just that intimacy and it's more relaxed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've I've been to uh, St. James uh, in in Atlanta, and it's also a great club. Yeah, I did I did a few thing I did a few clubs in New York and that through the years. Yep. with people like Buddy Greco, the pianist, and things oh, like that. And yes, we always had a blast doing the small stuff. Of course, of you course. know. And then we'd go to Florida and play a big theater with a big band, and Buddy'd be like, "Yeah, it was a good show. Let's go home <laughs> and go to sleep." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Do you have any new directions in your music at all? Or Wow, you, you, you must be psychic or something. <laughs> but because, you know, besides my, my smooth jazz stuff, mm-hmm. as I said, I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm getting really interested in, in like a uh, little bit bigger compositions, mm-hmm. more orchestral, and I'm, I'm trying to incorporate that more. more. Just, just piano, strings, maybe just piano and string quartet. Yeah. But uh, I started to write in, in that direction. Oh, that's but, great. Oh, of course, I'll, I'll keep up like my kind of more commercial smooth jazz side of me, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm going to explore more like just, just uh, yeah, string quartet maybe with, with piano oh, that's and some electronic influences. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do some orchestrating and arranging for people as well. Oh, I didn't and know that. so much fun when they say, hey, we have money. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right for strings, right. They to, give you know. like carte blanche? Yeah. So oh, I, I had that twice so far. Oh, beautiful. And and I got really creative with colors. Yes, yes. You know, yes. string section with maybe an oboe and a bassoon and yes, a yes. clarinet instead oh, of I, saxophone. I, I, I mean, you know, the orchestra is the greatest synthesizer ever. Mm-hmm. You can get any color out of it. Well, and it's it's a little easier for someone like yourself to write for an orchestra than it is for me because the piano is an orchestra. The whole range of the orchestra yes. lives under your hands. Yes, yes, it, it is. But but I mean, there there are some downfalls about being a piano player because I mean, it, it's it's a huge advantage. 
every note is right in front right. of you, but but sometimes then then you you're drawn into certain patterns. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a visual thing. And I think if if you step away from an instrument and you just listen to your like inner ear, I think that's the real art of composing. A friend of mine studied composing and arranging with with someone in Chicago, and at one point. He was talking about how he likes to write at the piano, and his teacher said, can't you hear it? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, because I grew up in a house, my grandfather wrote avidly, composed, arranged. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote never at the piano. Wow. He just heard it. Yeah. And yeah, that, yeah, that amazes yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because oh, I, I cheat. I use finale. Oh, of, of course. So of I course. can hear it. Of course. <laughs> I mean, same here. You know, I, I use orchestra mock-ups. Uh -huh. I just do it in, in, in the yeah. computer. But but I think, and I, I hope <laughs> I'll get there. I think the real artist, you just sit there with with, this, with, 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 a, with a pen pen and paper. Yeah. And you just listen to what comes out. Have you ever gotten into any spontaneous composition on stage? Or in a, or even in a room? I, I did that a lot when I was at Berkeley. I mean, decades ago, you know, we, we used to go two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You used to go to a room and just three, four, five of us mm -hmm. and just jam. Well, and, but that's probably where you began to really get into listening. Yes. Yes. Because we're talking yep. about call and response. We're talking about interacting on, on a deep level with other musicians. Yes. 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 You know, I was fortunate to play in a trio that did nothing but spontaneous composition. Wow. And it was a little different. It was piano, trumpet, and drums. Yeah. And we just had a blast with it because all three of us were listening oh, of, all of, the of time. Oh, of course. I mean, uh, to, to me, that's, that, that's like the highest level. One of my favorite piano players, Keith Jarrett. Yes. He became famous with the Cologne concert, Cologne oh, concert. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know? he did. And, and that, that, that was like all improvisation. I still it's listen to that mind, concert. Oh, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Mind-boggling. You know, and, and God bless him, he, he went through some strokes, and yeah. I don't think he'll, he'll play ever no, again. No, he doesn't play anymore. Yeah. And that is also one of my favorite trios ever. Oh, of course. <laughs> with, with, with Jack. And, with Jack oh, oh, and Gary. Yes. Yeah. Oh, legendary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that level of, of listening and, and uh, you know, sometimes as improvisers, it's very easy to just recall the library mm -hmm. in your head and play the same thing again and again and again. But 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 on their level, it's really, really spontaneous yeah. composition it in, is. in real time. I got a very valuable piece of advice once from a friend of mine. And he said, if you're playing a solo chorus yep. and you make a mistake, yep. do the same mistake in the same spot on the second chorus and it's hip. Oh. <laughs> he said the third time it's a mistake. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> that that is funny. Wow. I actually read an interview with with uh, David Sanborn uh -huh. was talking to Miles Davis and 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 somehow uh, Sanborn felt kind of insecure yeah. about his jazz chops and, and, and they were listening to a recording together and, and Sanborn apologized and said, oh man, sorry Miles, I think I made a mistake. And Miles said, man, you should have played it twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Miles was a genius, absolute genius. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and there were things he did that the public didn't understand. Mm -hmm. When Miles mm -hmm. turned his back on the audience. Oh, he got a lot of flack for that, but we know why he, he did But he was it. telling the guys what to play. Exactly. exactly. He wasn't turning his back on the audience. Exactly. You know, he was, yeah, he yeah. was arranging spontaneously, yeah, yeah. which is amazing. I have a little funny story about Miles and me. Please. 
while I was at Berkeley, Berkeley College of Music, in order to to get money, I was actually a flight attendant for Swiss Air during <laughs> during the breaks during summer. And on one of the trips, I think it was from Geneva. He just Miles just finished the Geneva Jazz Festival, mm -hmm. traveled from Geneva to Paris, and I was able to serve him breakfast in first class. Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he was a very, very, very nice man. See, and, and I, I never got to meet Miles, but I met his daughter. Oh. She lives in, in the same neighborhood I do in Henderson. I did not know that. And I'm at a dog park. I had, I had a standard poodle that named Jazz. Wow. And I'm calling my dog, and this little white dog keeps running over to me. And this lady walks up to me and says, why are you bothering my dog? I said, what do you mean? She said, my dog's name is Jazz. I said, well, so is mine. <sighs> and as I'm talking to her and we're, we're talking and she's smiling, I finally said, are you related to Miles Davis? And she said, why? I said, you have his smile and his eyes and his sense of humor. And she said, I'm his daughter. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's a great story. And that's how I met Cheryl Davis. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to be back at Gambit. Yes. In July, you said? J July 15th. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. I'm sure we'll be talking about that on the air. Great. Um, you, and you're working on some new music with other artists and yourself, I'm sure. I, I just released a single uh, two weeks ago yep. ca called The One. I know. And, and uh, you know. We're playing it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> KUNV, you guys are playing it. Really, really thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wish you tremendous success and a great future. Thanks, John. I appreciate and, it. And I'm glad you're enjoying Las Vegas because it can I do. be a wonderful place to live. It, it, it is, you know. Most of my friends think, oh, my God, you know, Vegas is the Strip. And I, I live like five miles from it, yeah. very close to it, but my neighborhood is so quiet. It's, it's beautiful. Well, people will call me from Chicago. That's where I grew up, and I yeah. still have friends there, and they're like, where should we go? What show should we see? I said, I don't know. <laughs> Right, right. I don't right. go to the strip unless yeah, I'm yeah. invited. Same here. You yes, know? yes. Um, I, I, I interviewed uh, the pianist with Barry Manilow. Yep. And he said, come see a show. So I'll go see a show on the strip. Sure. But other sure. than that, that's not somewhere I go. It's not on my radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I worked on that strip for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the yeah, showrooms, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, tremendous success and happiness. Thank you. And thank creativity you. always. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thank it. you for coming in. Of course. Thanks for having me, John. Appreciate and it. And we've been here with Greg Manning, and it's been a great time. And I'm glad you're listening. Keep listening. I'm on the air Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. till noon in the morning groove at 91.5 Jazz and More. This is Nashin. Check out the podcast, transistor.fm. It's the morning groove.transistor.fm. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.